The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Jesus said to his disciples, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hidden. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it under the bushel basket, but on the lampstand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before human beings so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father in heaven. The Gospel of the Lord. Just a few things before um, beginning into a reflection. In the pews, you'll notice some light blue envelopes there marked Camp Northern Lights. And if your pew is missing some, just look in the pews ahead or behind you. Um, uh, We've got a generous parish, so many of those envelopes may be taken by now. So Camp Northern Lights is a um, uh, it, it's a camp they they uh, up in Halliburton area for uh, uh, for kids I think ages eight to thirteen I think is the age they they kind of cater to uh, and one of the missions of Camp Northern Lights is to be as accessible as possible to make money as little a barrier as possible to parents so that many children who maybe don't have an opportunity for summer camp experience uh, can have one. And so they depend on parishes like this one here to support them so that they can keep their costs low. And they probably are one of the cheapest camps in the province. So, uh, and it's even to the point where our food bank is able to sponsor several children every summer to go and join that camp. So uh, definitely it's a worthwhile cause, and if you want to support that, there's envelopes there. You can take it home, fill it with cash, and bring it back next week. That's fine. Um, Another special collection is on February 18th and 19th at all the weekend masses. Uh, It's a special collection for truth and reconciliation. Uh, Our bishop is requesting this from all of our parishes on that weekend. Now, we're a bit different here because we've been collecting for this since since just after Thanksgiving. That second collection after the communion for the time being is for truth and reconciliation. Uh, because as a group of people gathered with me to talk about our parish response to truth reconciliation, uh, we, we, we determined that our parish would be able to contribute $25,000 to uh, the $30 million that the uh, bishops of Canada have pledged to, to give to this particular cause. Now, just as a review on how that money is used, our bishop meets with, um, uh, with the, the various chiefs of the reserves in our diocese, and to the, together they come up with the, they determine how the money will be spent in their reserves. So it's spent locally, and it's spent on, uh, I'm not going to remember what the four categories are. It's something like infrastructure, education, cultural improvement, things like that. So it's kept locally, it's decided locally by those on the reserves, and, uh, and, and uh, you know, there are safeguards put in place to make sure that's put to the best use possible. 
Now, our, as I said, our parish, we've been collecting for some time now. We're about a third of the way to our goal, you know, thanks to all of you. So thank you much for that. Uh, we're a little over a third of the way, so that's good news. At the entrance, at the entrance you'll find a box marked Palms of Palm Sunday's past. If you have any palms left over from last year's Palm Sunday or older, do feel free to bring them here and put them in that box. And then just before Ash Wednesday, we burn them to make the ashes that will be used for this year's Ash Wednesday. And you'll get new palms on this Palm Sunday, so you won't be without for very long. Also at the entrance, you'll find tax receipts for last year's giving. Thank you very much to all those who contributed to our parish financially. Uh, it's uh, certainly helped us to grow over this time. And uh, your, your tax receipt is ready for you there. Um, and for each person that, that picks their... We will mail, we'll put into the mail all those uh, on unclaimed receipts uh, before the end of the month. Uh, but for each person who takes one of those home, well, that saves us, what, what a dollar? Whatever a stamp is now, uh, it saves us that. So that's helpful. Uh, two more things here. Uh, some have asked why, uh, why next weekend do we have to pay $15 to watch Super Bowl when we can watch it for free at home uh, here? Uh, it's because we're giving food. Um, that's why. Finally, our bishop is coming on Saturday evening to celebrate the Mass, so to, and we will have a confirmation, one, maybe two. And so depending on if you avoid bishops or you like to be around bishops, I just want to give you that notice there, and you can guess um, which I like. So anyway, we just heard one of the most well-known analogies our Lord presents for what the life of a disciple should be like. Jesus says that the life of a disciple, of one who follows him, should be like salt and like light. Now, on their own, salt and light don't have a lot to offer. They instead build on other things, on other truths. Salt works best when there's food to put it on. No one who wants to live long ever has a meal of just salt. Likewise, light only reveals colors and shapes when there's something for it to reflect off. I'd like to consider for a moment how we're called to be light for the world. We're lucky in this era of GPS. There's no more getting lost, no need to pull over and consult a map. But after the sun goes down, even with GPS, light is essential for safely navigating to a destination. Our cars have headlights for seeing what's ahead, of course. But most of the lights on our cars aren't to help the driver see, but are for the benefit of everyone else on the road. Brake lights, hazard lights, turning lights, these all do nothing for the driver, but they let other drivers know you're slowing down or turning or have become an obstacle. My personal favorite is the double flash of high beams, letting all on the road know the police are ahead, encouraging safety. All these lights, indicators, and signals aren't for the driver, but are for everyone, and they become useless when covered up. But this analogy reveals a danger, too, because it's by light that we can see things we would rather not see. Want to hide the cobwebs in the corners of your house? Just dim the lights a little bit. Don't like how you look first thing in the morning? Just keep the lights off when passing by the mirror. It's easy to hide truth from our eyes to keep the light covered. 
But our Savior uses this, this analogy of light to illustrate more serious ways truth can be covered up. The need for forgiveness is easily covered up by excuses. The horrors of euthanasia or abortion are concealed by ignoring them. The suffering of others is hidden by blame. We're tempted to cover these uncomfortable things up. Jesus, however, calls for truth to be revealed. And why should we expect anything different? Jesus went to the cross for for professing truth, that he is the Son of God. John the Baptist was put to death because he declared that God has expectations, laws around marriage. All but one of the first apostles were martyred, not because of their kindness or generosity, but because of how they were like light illuminating the truth of the resurrection of our Lord. None of us may ever be called to be martyrs, but each of us have been placed in positions of influence, maybe because of special gifts, talents, or skills, maybe because of a career decision, maybe as a parent, or as a member of some group or circle of friends. This is not by accident. It's from these places, from where we find ourselves currently, that we are to be light for the world. There's a lot at stake here, because when Christians are not light for the world, when they fail to reveal truth and illuminate that which is good and which is bad, the world begins to fall apart. It's sadly amazing that various forms of evil have sprung up in traditionally Christian places. How could Nazism have arisen in Christian Germany unless Christians failed to illuminate truth? Or how could the residential school system have thrived in Christian Canada for over a century unless Christians failed to reveal the truth of what was happening? When salt has lost its saltiness, It's incapable of contributing to our meals. When light is covered up, it is unable to reveal truth. Maybe there are some here who feel that way, that they have lost their saltiness or the light of faith, and that's okay because our Savior has an answer. We may be unable to restore the saltiness of salt, but Jesus can. We may be unable to uncover the light of faith in our lives, but our Heavenly Father, who created light, can. At times, we may be completely unable to open our eyes, minds, and hearts to recognize truth, but the Holy Spirit can. So we come here. Today's Gospel reading came from a great sermon Jesus gave called the Sermon on the Mount. It began with the Beatitudes we heard in last week's Gospel and continues for a couple more chapters. Jesus delivered this sermon to a great crowd of people who left their homes, hoping Jesus would offer something they could not give to themselves. To them and to us, Jesus gives his very self. God of all goodness and love, Send to us your Holy Spirit to open our minds, eyes, and hearts to recognize your truth. May we, your disciples of today, truly receive your Son so we would be salt and light for the world and accept our share in our Savior's work, in whose name we pray. Amen.